You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Well, coming up, I'm going to recap the first round of the NFL draft for you. Uh, I hope you joined us on our live show last night as we took you from about pick number five through pick number 16. We reacted to the Jalen Carter pick and some of the other picks in and around there, but I uh, wanted to kind of recap everything that we saw in the NFC East because we didn't get a chance to talk about who the Eagles took at number 30. So uh, give you some reaction to that as well as uh, what some of the other teams in the NFC East did in the first round and some of the other big storylines to come out of the first round of the NFL draft around the league. So we'll do that coming up here on this episode of the podcast. And we'll jump right in to what was another very strong first round from Howie Roseman, universally praised around the NFL, everybody giving this an A draft so far. And again, when we're talking about you know grading the draft, we're really talking about process. We're talking about value, not necessarily about how good a certain player is going to be because you can't know how good a certain player is going to be. What you can do is say, this player was valued to go here. You picked him here. And did you get good value for that pick? And in the Eagles case with their two first round selections, they appear to have gotten phenomenal value. And Howie Roseman has what appears to be his third straight, very strong first round. Uh, And surprisingly, he largely stayed put in order to do it. I think a lot of us were predicting, I certainly was predicting Howie Roseman to move all over the place. But sometimes the board just falls your way. And I think that is what happened on Thursday night. The Eagles did trade up from number 10 to number 9 and gave up a 2024 fourth round pick in order to do that, in order to move up one spot with the Bears and select Jalen Carter, the guy that pretty much everybody had pinned their hopes on thinking that they'd have to move up to number seven or maybe even number five in order to go get Jalen Carter. As it turned out, the guy just kept falling and falling and falling, which happens sometimes. Sometimes you benefit from it. Sometimes you sometimes you lose out from a player going too early. But when the board falls your way, there's really not... I mean, Howie Roseman did a great job not overthinking it, not being too cute, just taking the guy that everybody says is going to be a great player. Of course, there are the off-the-field concerns with Jalen Carter, but he didn't do anything magical here. The The board fell his way, and he decided to move up one spot for a 2024 fourth-round pick, and they have a million picks next year, so it's they really could afford to give that one up, just to ensure that the Bears didn't take him. Because the Bears, I think, they had—my guess is that they weren't going to pick Jalen Carter anyway. So, 
it didn't matter to them whether or not they got compensation for it or not. They were going to take somebody else at, at number nine, no matter what. If the Eagles are willing to give them a fourth round pick, it's essentially the Eagles just handing them a fourth rounder next year and saying, here, we'd like to move up into your spot. And it's not going to, it's going to be no skin off the Bears' nose. So uh, the Bears made a smart move and, and Howie Roseman gave up something that he had a lot of in order to ensure that he got perhaps the best defensive player in the draft. The key to Jalen Carter falling to number nine was Seattle passing on him at number five. I think a lot of people thought that the Seahawks might take him there. They need a lot of help on defense, but instead of going Jalen Carter, they went with cornerback Devin Witherspoon. And I think the only reason for that can be that they were scared off because of Jalen Carter's all-field issues with the, um, the, the, the reckless driving and the deaths of the people um, in the reckless driving incident. Um, of course, the Eagles have had to do their due diligence with regards to all of the off-field stuff with Jalen Carter. He didn't look too good in some of his pro days. Uh, it, it, there, there are some issues that certainly made teams wary of selecting him. It's not a slam dunk, right? I mean, it's there, there, there is a possibility that this goes south, but that's true with any prospect that you're that's your that you're drafting but I think the Eagles in particular more than the other teams in front of them that passed on Jalen Carter are set up with a winning culture with some of his teammates already on the team a really strong veteran presence and a quarterback who is the leader of everybody on that team everybody knows that Jalen Carter is the alpha in that clubhouse in that locker room he's the guy and everybody's going to fall in line with that for the most part but you've still got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. It's their defense. They may not be the marquee players on it. Hassan Reddick. They may not, you know, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham may not be the marquee players, but it's their culture. It's their locker room. Darius Slay as well. James Bradbury as well. But you get to pair Jalen Carter up with former teammates Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. So you've got Georgia's two defensive tackles from last year, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter playing in your defensive line in your defensive tackle rotation it really is it really is pretty awesome and if this guy when he was on the field last year was the most dominant defensive lineman in college football he is going to be that Javon Hargrave replacement at some point that's the reason you're drafting here him here at number nine and this is just it's tremendous value people thought he'd be gone at number five number seven nobody thought he'd drop to nine or even ten And again, I think he would have made it to 10. This is perhaps the most talented defensive player in the draft and maybe the most talented player overall in the draft. Something that Zach Berman noted, how did the Eagles get him? Through a lot of draft uh, trade um, finagling. The Eagles traded Carson Wentz to Indianapolis in a deal that included the number 16 pick in in 2022. They traded that pick to New Orleans in a deal that included a first-round pick swap and this year's first rounder that they had from the Saints, number 10. And then that pick swap turned into A.J. Brown, and the 23 first rounder turned into Jalen Carter. That is some wheeling and dealing from Howie Roseman. So Roseman is is really getting praised for the maneuvers over the last few years that helped them land Jalen Carter. The fact that Carter fell into their lap here at number nine and all that all that they needed to do was trade away a fourth round pick in 2024 in order to assure that they got him that's more luck and happenstance than skill but it took skill to be a Super Bowl team that was sitting there holding the number 10 pick to begin with and that's really where the genius of Howie Roseman comes in the fact that he was able to sit there after having won after having won the NFC title game 
as the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl, a perennial Super Bowl contender with a with a one of the most talented rosters in the league, and you can still be there to get maybe the most talented defensive player and add him, says all you need to know. And if you're curious about how the Eagles' opponents are feeling about this, check out Micah Parsons' reaction. Micah Parsons was on a Bleacher Report video show in the studio with them reacting to the draft, and he almost walked out. when the Eagles made the Jalen Carter pick, frustrated knowing that their division rival, who he knows is, he probably knows is better than them, ahead of them right now, just got a whole lot better. I'm just so sick to my stomach right now. Not only does he have veteran credit. Next to Fletcher Cox, it's Jordan Davis for like the next five years. That is just. Don't y'all just have Nicobe Dean? Oh, yeah, Nicole, we're, we're just Georgia Dean. North. I, yeah, I just think the Eagles like Georgia. But I'm just sick. I'm just sick to my stomach right now. I'm just sick to my stomach. I can't believe that many Come teams here. passed up on me. It's going to be okay. So that tells you what you need to know. Players around the league understand that Jalen Carter is good. If, he can, if the off-field stuff can be dealt with, they can keep him motivated. He's going to be one of the top defensive tackles in football during the course of his early part of his career. And so it's a Javon Hargrave... Um, not a replacement per se, because Javon Hargrave is a, is a legitimate all-pro type player, but he is entering his 30s. You had to pay him big money in order to keep him, and he's probably going to decline at some point in the next couple of years. Maybe not, maybe not this coming year, maybe not 2023, but 24, 25, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But you have a young stud now to take his place, and suddenly you feel a whole lot better about that defensive tackle rotation with all of the different talented players that you have in there. And the Eagles were not done adding to their defensive line. You talk about a team that really wants to add players to the trenches. When they got around to picking at number 30, I certainly thought they were going to trade out of that pick. I thought it was more likely than not that there would be a team that would want to move up and grab Hendon Hooker, or if Will Levis was still available, and it turns out both were still available, that a quarterback-needy team would want to jump into the first round, grab the Eagles' number 30 overall pick, so that they could draft that quarterback and have him on a fifth-year option. But nobody came calling. Or if people came calling, the Eagles decided, no, they wanted to stay right where they were. The Eagles stuck at number 30 because, surprisingly, amazingly, Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia, Jalen Carter's teammate, former teammate of of, of uh, um, uh, 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 N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, fell to them at number 30. There were mock drafts out there having the Eagles taking... Nolan Smith at number 10. And to have him fall all the way to number 30, they looked at each other and they basically said, I mean, I think you said Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman say this. We, we looked at each other and we're like, we'll just take the player. Just, it's, it's a miracle he fell that far. But here's Nolan Smith falling to them at number 30 and they snapped him up fast. Forget about adding more draft picks in the fourth and fifth round by moving out of 30. When you have a chance to get a guy that you feel can be an elite defensive player, and if there were mocks predicting him to go top 10, number 10 to the Eagles, you're looking at a top 10 talent. Now, there are some questions about his size, but Nick Sirianni said that Carter would likely play outside linebacker in this defense. So pairing him with Nicobe Dean at linebacker, suddenly this defense at the linebacker spot has added a couple of active young players to their 2023 starting lineup. And I'm assuming that... You know, it's possible they're going to rotate these guys because Carter is a, a great pass rusher. Um, I don't know how he would be in in uh, in coverage. Um, 
you know, he's going to have to come off the field on running downs because he is, he, he's not a big guy. He's not going to be a big run stuffing linebacker. Um, you're probably not going to play him on first down. He's probably going to be a second and third down guy, second and long, and certainly a third down guy. But he profiles a lot like Hassan Reddick. So you'll see him on the edge some. You'll see him at linebacker some. They'll probably move him around quite a bit. I don't know if you'll see him on the field at the same time as Hassan Reddick, although in obvious passing situations, having him and Hassan Reddick on the edge is going to be a lot of fun. But at the same time, when you have to take Hassan Reddick off the field, if you do, you can put Nolan Smith out there and you're getting a similar type player, similar type speed around the edge, um, that bendability around the outside to get to the quarterback. He's not going to be a guy that bull rushes folks, but he's that speed rusher that you can play at edge, and it sounds like the Eagles also want to use him at outside linebacker. And the fact that he fell all the way to number 30 for them when people were picking him to go number 10, essentially this team got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, and all they had to do in order to get both these guys was trade away a fourth-round pick from next year to move up. Just astounding. And again, the board fell this way. There's no way that Howie Roseman could have expected to get Jalen Carter at 10 and be sitting there at 30 and watch Nolan Smith fall into their laps. Just tremendous luck by the by the NFL gods for, for both of these guys to fall to them in their spots in the draft, and it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. So this, this team that went to the Super Bowl, that the rest of the NFL knows has a great roster, everybody else picking in the top 10 was a loser last year, except for the Eagles, and they get... They get a stud at defensive tackle, and then they they land one of the best edge rushers in the draft at number 30 in the back of the first round. Really, it is just a a remarkable turn of events, a tremendous, uh, it's an A draft based on value. Can't put it any more simply than that. We'll see how it works out in Sean Desai's defense. We'll see about the rotation, how productive these guys are in their rookie seasons. They are likely going to have to produce in their rookie seasons more than Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean had to produce in their rookie seasons, which was really nothing at all. But these guys have the talent to do it. Georgia North has come to Philadelphia, and they're recreating a stud Georgia defense. Stud Georgia defense here at the NFL level, and I'm excited to see what Sean Desai and the rest of the Eagles defensive coaches are able to do. So the Eagles have two more picks remaining um, before round seven. They have a, a second round pick at the tail end of round number two, uh, number 62 overall. It's because they were the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl. So they don't pick again for a little while uh, in round two. But then in round three, they're suddenly picking much higher up in the third round. And that is because of the tampering charges that you are no doubt aware of by now. The fact that the Arizona Cardinals contacted Jonathan Gannon in the days after the NFC, NFC Championship game when contact between teams and prospective coaches was not allowed because they contacted him and give the Cardinals credit. They self-reported to the NFL. They owed the Eagles compensation. And in terms of compensation, the card, the Eagles gave the Cardinals like a, a late round pick next year, but they swapped picks in the third round. So the Eagles move up from number 94 overall to number 66 overall. So they'll be picking number 62 in round two. And then four picks later, at number 66 in round three, at the top of the third round. Now, here is where I think you'll see the Eagles trade away number 66, move probably back into the middle to late part of the third round in order to get another a fourth-round pick and maybe a fifth-round pick or something like that to get some more day three picks or latter stages of day two picks in order to just get themselves a few more bites at the apple here. 
of course, if the board falls their way again, maybe they stay at number 66 and they just decide, I want to get, we want to get four really good players in the top 66 and just, and then say, you know what, we'll take a couple lottery shots with our two picks in the seventh round. We'll forego a fourth and a fifth round pick next year, knowing that in 2024, they have picks galore throughout that draft. Maybe they can go a little light in this draft, knowing they've already gotten two studs on the defense in the first round, knowing they're going to have two picks at 62 and 66 in order to add a couple other pieces. And this is where you might see running back, you might see tight end, you might see um, cornerback in this particular spot. Uh, But uh, the Eagles have some ammunition now to move back from 66 in order to get uh, a fourth or fifth round pick or or one of each or a fourth and a sixth or whatever it might be. I I don't have the value chart in front of me. I don't know what 66 would net you but they can get some extra picks here by moving back in the third round and then maybe picking up a fourth or a fifth in addition to that just to give themselves another chance uh, at a uh, at a lottery ticket here in this draft. But certainly, what a ridiculous thing. I- imagine tampering to hire Jonathan Gannon. Not tampering to get rid of him. <laughs> tampering to hire Jonathan Gannon. It, it blows it blows your mind away. All right, what did the rest of the NFC East do in the first round? Let's take a look at the Commanders in the, with pick number 16, and we talked a little bit about this on the live show. They surprised folks by picking cornerback Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Um, he's a lighter guy. He's a, a 170 pounds. He weighs less than me. I mean, he weighs just like, uh, not less than me. He weighs like five pounds more than me, but he's basically like my size. As a as a professional linebacker, I sure hope he's more athletic than I am because that's if I if I had to line up against AJ Brown and CD Lamb on the outside, I wouldn't do so hot. Um, there were some thoughts that he would take that they would take a quarterback in that spot, maybe Will Levis who was sitting there, but they decided not to go that direction. There were guys like Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr. who was still on the board when Emmanuel Forbes rolled around, but you just never know with different teams' draft boards. Guys that they like, guys that they like more than other teams like them, and so, you know, we take it, we take all these guesses when we're putting mock drafts together, but we just we don't know what individual teams' uh, draft boards look like. So, um, they went with Emmanuel Forbes here, who's a a lighter guy, not a prototypical sized linebacker. You know, I mean, it reminds me of Mark McMillan back in the day when the Eagles had him. But Mark McMillan was a decent cornerback, but not a Pro Bowler certainly. Um, they they like his ability to cover, and uh, we'll see if it works out. Uh, I wasn't wild about this pick. I think Forbes could have been taken a lot later in the draft if they really liked him. So they could have traded down possibly uh, to get to get this guy. And that's where you will ding a team in terms of a of a draft grade is if you spent you pick number 16 on a guy who would have gone in the late 20s, why not move down? And maybe there were no takers. Maybe people didn't want to move to 16. But um, you just never know with individual teams' draft boards. They're always very strange to us outsiders. Uh, the New York Giants, with their first-round pick, number 24 overall, they got a guy who I think is better than, than uh, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, and that's Deontay Banks out of Maryland. And the Giants did trade up. They moved up one spot. From 25 to number 24, so they also traded away pick number 160 and pick number 240 to Jacksonville in order to move up one spot to make sure that they got the cornerback that they really liked. And Deontay Banks is more of your prototypical cornerback. By all accounts, this is a very strong pick. It seemed like everybody really thought this was good value for for the Giants. Uh, the secondary has been a big problem for them. Uh, they entered last season with a depleted secondary. Uh, they do have a Dory Jackson on one side of the field, but they really needed a cornerback on the other side. And so I think a Dory, I think Deontay Banks is going to jump in and he's going to be a starter in his rookie season. I think that's a very 
strong pick by Joe Shane and the rest of the Giants staff. You can tell that the Dave Gettleman era is over. That's a smart pick, moving up one spot, and you just traded away a couple of late-round picks, day three picks, in order to do that, to go make sure you go get your guy. And then the Dallas Cowboys at pick number 26, two picks later, kind of surprised folks with taking defensive tackle Mozzie Smith. Or maybe it's Maisie Smith. I didn't hear I didn't hear exactly how to pronounce his name. So um, either way, um, it seems interesting that they would take a run-stuffing defensive tackle with a first-round pick. But I think that any criticism the Eagles got last year for taking Jordan Davis, who came, in to, came out of, into the draft as a run-stuffing defensive tackle, the thought was that Jordan Davis is so athletic, a freak of nature athletically, that he would be able to generate more pass rush. Uh, at the at the pro level, and we've yet to see that. Um, it certainly could be there. Jordan Davis was just hurt was just hurt most of last year, so we didn't get to see much of him and and what he could do. The Cowboys have a similar hope with Smith, six three, three hundred twenty six pounds. Um, he's he's a strong guy. I saw a couple of different drills that he was doing. He is he's pretty athletic. I think this reminds me a lot of Jordan Davis. He doesn't go as high in the first round because Davis was a freak athletically. Maisie Smith is a is a very athletic player, but it's definitely interesting that you take a guy who, again, this is about value. You probably could have traded out of the first round and taken him in the second round. We just don't know what kind of offers the Cowboys were getting to trade down if that's what they wanted to do. And at the end of the day, if you know that stopping the run is a big problem for you, and it was for Dallas last year, they were middle of the pack in terms of rushing yards allowed in the NFL then you go get a defensive tackle that you think can help you in that regard and that they believe can generate more pass rush than he showed in college. And there is some tape out there of him in Michigan with some pretty decent moves as a defensive tackle getting into the backfield and trying to wrap up the quarterback. So I I think this move is more defensible, certainly than Emmanuel Forbes at pick 16 for the commanders. I, I think the Cowboys, again, we don't know what kind of offers they may have gotten when they were, if they were seeking to trade down, but uh, for, for a defense that plays the Eagles twice a year, a prolific running team, getting a defensive tackle that can stop the run at number 26 at the end of the first round, I don't think is a terrible pick. May not be what I would have done. And again, I would have probably traded down if I could, but we don't know whether or not they were able to trade down. So uh, I don't hate that pick for the Cowboys, but certainly not a... And, I, you know, Jerry Jones likes the shiny object. And in this case, he didn't go for the shiny object. You're, you're rarely going to go wrong building in the trenches. And the Cowboys went in the trenches here in the first round. I think that's largely a smart move. Um, Finishing up the podcast here, some other curious selections in this first round. The Lions finished the year just on the outside of the playoffs looking in. And they were red hot at the end of the season. I think most people will pick them to win the division the NFC North in 2023, given all the talent they have on offense. And the Lions came into this draft after making some draft day, draft night trades. They ended up with, with getting five picks in the top 55. I mean, that's a ton of bites at the apple at the top of the draft. Five picks in rounds one and two. But I think, generally speaking, folks feel as if they wasted a cut their two first-round picks. They moved down from number six to number 12 in a deal with the Cardinals to start things off. Um, and then they decided, well, no, we're going to move back up again. Um, so they, they already this offseason spent $18 million on Bears running back David Montgomery. Um, so with the, the number 12 pick that they traded back to get, they reached and took Jameer Gibbs, uh, an undersized running back out of Alabama, who nobody had going 
this high. People were questioning whether Bijan Robinson would last to 12. The fact that I'm going to get to Bijan in just a second, but taking Jameer Gibbs at number 12 overall by by Detroit is just a real head scratcher. I mean, you just went out and you got David Montgomery and you're going to, and your offense is already loaded. You need help on defense. And so your answer to that is to take a, a you know, a, a pass catching running back. He's, he's electric. No doubt about it, that he's five, nine, 199 pounds. Um, you can get good running back. I mean, he sounds a lot like Rashad Penny, who they could have gotten for like $2 million. It just doesn't make any sense. We've talked a lot about the, the value of running backs in the first round. Eventually you're going to have to pay these guys. You're essentially getting a running back for three or four years. If you do this, and it seems like a silly way to spend, you know, to, to spend your number 12 overall pick, especially for a team that already has a lot of talent on offense. You just spent money to get a, a running back. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift will probably get traded away at this point, but that's just, that's mystifying. Uh, and then they were back on the clock again at number 18. And even though they have some needs along the defensive line and in the secondary, they took a, a run-stuffing linebacker named Jack Campbell. And here's another guy who people thought were going to be a, was going to be a, a day two pick, a second rounder, instead of instead of in the first. So they took two guys, you know, drafting drafting that high, two picks in the top eighteen, guys who were expected to go much much later. I know teams have different boards and all, but that's not good value. That's not good value. So we'll see what they're what they do with their their three second round picks. But uh, they're getting pretty widely panned for all that. The Cardinals had a weird night. Uh, they swapped third rounders, like we mentioned, with the Eagles because of the tampering charge. But then um, they moved down from number three. They allowed the Texans after after the Texans got their quarterback. Uh, C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Uh, the Texans move up to number three, get the Cardinals pick, and take edge rusher Will Anderson Jr., which is a great pick. I mean, the Texans did great. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., those are top-flight prospects. Um, we don't know how their careers will turn out, but that's great value. And they gave up a lot, though, to get them. And it was a smart move by them to move down from number three to number 12. But then the Cardinals move up from number 12 to number six uh, to take Ohio State tackle Paris Johnson Jr. Um, it's... <sighs> I think the idea is that he he went a little bit early there. They probably could have stayed where they were and gotten him. Although if they if they really liked him and they and they knew another team was going to take him, that's why you jump up there. But just outside the top five for Paris Johnson Jr., that is not where people saw him going. So again, you question the value there. But I think overall the Cardinals had a pretty decent night, with the exception of having to give away or swap third round picks with with the Eagles because they were stupid. Um, quarterback Will Levis falls out of the first round, and I really did think the Commanders would go with him at number sixteen but I guess the commanders really do love Sam Howell. They certainly loved him enough to let Levis go. And um, there were a number of teams that have needs at quarterback, at least a, a guy that they could train to quarterback behind existing starters, but Seahawks, Raiders, Titans, Lions, commanders, Buccaneers, Vikings, all passed on Will Levis and passed on the opportunity to get a quarterback that you would have a fifth round option on. There is apparently now some concern about a toe injury that he had. Um, so it's, it's if he when he's going to get taken now. Will Levis falls out of the first round. Very surprising, uh, especially after some of the the Vegas odds saw him as a potential guy at number two overall to fall out of the first round. It just goes to show you so much of what you hear leading up to the draft is nonsense, and you really can't listen to much of it. Uh, the last one that was really eye-opening was uh, the Falcons getting B. John Robinson. He went top 10. I don't think there was any, there was some thought that he would, you know, fall to the Eagles at 10 or maybe be there at 12, 13, 14. But instead, uh, the Falcons had been rumored to really like him. A lot of people saw that as a landing spot for him. So the Falcons made the Eagles decision easier and take Bijan Robinson 
again, you're questioning the value of a running back that high in the draft, taking him at number eight overall. He's going to be a great player, but you're going to have to pay him at some point. And so you're only you're you're only really going to be using him for four or five years, the first four or five years of of his contract. And how good are the Falcons going to be in order to make that worth their while? It's just a it's a it's a question. And if you're a great team like the Eagles, who have a ton of pieces already there, you could kind of afford Bijan Robinson at ten. That's why it made sense for the Eagles. Didn't make didn't make a whole lot of sense for the Falcons where they were picking. So uh, so those are some of the big storylines uh, from now round number one. And now we head to round number two. And as I mentioned, the Eagles uh, have their second their pick late in the second round and then an early third round pick that I would not be at all surprised if they trade out of. But that's what the Eagles are looking at uh, in rounds two and three. And uh, we will wait to see what the rest of the league does here, where some of these remaining quarterbacks fall and what the Eagles do as they have two more picks before... They wait an eternity for round seven to roll around. But again, I think they're going to trade out of that third round pick. They'll move down and uh, give themselves something to do in rounds four or five and or six, uh, just so that Howie Roseman doesn't atrophy uh, standing by the phone and, and watching TV <laughs> over over the course of, uh, of Friday and, and Saturday. Folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Thank you all for joining us on the live show uh, on Thursday night as we were breaking down uh, round one. And uh, we hope that you'll continue to stay with us at Bleeding Green Nation.com, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, as uh, we'll have analysis of everything the Eagles do in rounds two, three, and beyond. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. B-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.